Hello everyone and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, where we take subjects and try and create some order from the disorder, but more likely we'll create some disorder on, along the way. Uh, science and theory, comedy and probably mispronunciation in practice. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at InfoEntryPod, Instagram InformationEntryPod, and we're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we are on those services. Uh, don't forget, if you're listening somewhere that can give us a follow, it helps us an incredible amount if you give us a follow and a rating uh, or any sort of interaction on social media. We appreciate it. This week in the podcast, we are talking addiction, just like listening to this pod. Um, I am joined, as per usual, by my esteemed soon-to-be doctor, Tom Jenks. How are you, Tom Jenks? <laughs> No pressure. Ooh, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> top chest, top chest. Not as soon as uh, I'd hope, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yes. Well, as, as I said to you the other day, actually, in this country, I am already a doctor. By, the, by this country, you mean? In Italy. Yes. I am already a doctor. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is quite so, funny because there's some guy at work who just shouts dottore at me like, every time he sees me. And I'm like, I'm not a doctor. Stop it. No, I haven't <laughs> got there stop yet. Stop it, you. Stop <laughs> it. Stop flirting with me. <laughs> well, you know, the Italian is very, very expressive. Yeah, so, they are. You know, yeah. I just, um, my, you know, my next step of learning Italian is the hand signals. Oh, Okay. Is, is that, I thought that was like first thing you do, like. It's something you just kind of pick up as you go along, but there are some like very niche ones, you know. Okay. How to tell people to fuck off or that you're <laughs> hungry or, you know, uh, a lot of it is swearing actually. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. But, like initially actually. they don't have <laughs> flip, you know, like flipping the bird. Yes. It doesn't exist here. Oh. So you, you just can swear do at people, people all you like maybe, oh, and they, they, they don't know. know. They just wouldn't know. Yeah. Right. It's like the opposite of that Mr. Bean skit. Yes. And yeah, that is an old <laughs> reference from the, the Mr. Bean movie. Is it the first movie? Yeah, it's the first movie. It's like this too. Um, Am I old? <laughs> yes. No, it's the children. They're young. Um, <laughs> yes. Am I out of touch? No, it's the children that are out of touch. Um, <laughs> Mr. Bean, oh, fuck me. I'm just showing myself The whole generation of people are like, who is Mr. Bean? No, surely not. Yeah, they're, 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 it's not really. There was not a TV show at the moment because because when we were getting a bit older, there was the animated Mr. Bean. Yeah, That's, but Rowan Atkinson's still around, isn't he? Yeah, and they had this a weird conspiracy theory with the Mr. Bean YouTube channels. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, go go have a look. It, it's weird. Like some people have like weird rights to be able to put it on youtube and apparently he's making like a lot of money this is the conspiracy theory behind Look, it is like i've Rowan got Atkinson way is making, time right now you can't be sending me down like, rabbit holes like this <laughs> a bundle uh purely from like the animated series of mr bean which is odd considering he has no voice lines no but the character's likeness is based off of him this so, is true yeah yeah it's that weird like who owns it kind of area yeah, of really bad law that nobody likes to go down. <coughs> Cough. Okay, I Cough. feel you. Yeah. Cough. Yeah. RIPL podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Rip in peace. 
Indeedy do. So NPCs. today we're talking about addictions. Yeah. Before we start, you got any? <laughs> Have I got any? It's the cocaine for me. <laughs> no, no. I. Um. I can feel it coming on in this period is getting really back into gaming. Oh, no. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Because I've got most of August off. Mm-hmm. I go out mm-hmm. for my morning cycle, trying to oh, yeah. you know, try, try and be healthy. Yeah. Try. You've inspired me with your runs, but I can't run. Ah, okay. So cycling it is. Um, but I get back and then I'm like, right. I should probably take at least one or two weeks off work. And mm-hmm. so I'm just sat here like, what do I do? Everyone I know is at work in the day. Um, I'm in another country. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Otherwise, you could, go, you could go like traveling for a little bit. Go into railing. Oh, you know what? this was a plan. This was a plan. Uh, yeah. But I've got some admin things to sort out before yes. I can engage that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I just went- <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I'm not going to make a joke. Uh, Probably feel the best. Because the, because the, the literal the bag scenario, because you said the... the, the okay. Um, yeah, what about you, mate? Addictive uh, personality, I've heard you say a few times. Yeah, and that's not be, to be, be, being like, when people get to know me, they want more. <laughs> that's not... That's what I mean. I mean, like, I know that I will fixate on things very easily yeah. um and it's not just like games or a series or currently lots of manga and ma- manhwa which is uh korean uh like written drawn stories a bit like the manga-esque kind of thing um a little bit of a different style uh but like i know that once i like get into something i will like eat sleep and breathe the thing for a very hot burst time uh, and then I'll look like just drop it, and it's one of the reasons why like I, d- I don't and never have got intentionally into MMOs like RuneScape. Uh, yeah, never got into it. Um, what's the other popular one that I just forgot the name? World of Warcraft. Like I thought about Eve it Online. and was like, no, yeah, Eve Online. That I was even like, no. Um, so yeah, because I, yeah, I, I know I know I'll, I'll fall I'll fall I'll fall into it. But like, there's, there's some games that I will just like, yeah, get addicted to. Like for for the longest time, Escape from Tarkov, I, I would define me playing that was at an addictive level, right? Um, like needing to play it that level of being like, yeah, I can't play anything else. I'm gonna do everything else in my downtime. I'm gonna learn everything about it. And I'm gonna get good at it. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel that. I don't know whether whether it's like spectrum (laughs) kind of things, but like I 100% devote myself to one random thing for three or four to six months. And then later I'm burnt out. Like, Oh, that's boring. And I find a new thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Magic the Gathering, for example. So many cards that I was so invested in and I haven't played (laughs) it in such a long time. If you come back to the UK, we can play. We can with my deck that I have no idea where it is. Oh, no, I've got like six to eight decks that you can use. It's fine. We'll play Commander. Um, I can send you all the desk, deck, deck listing as well. You know what's really funny? Uh, I got them all out and there's an app that... Do you know when you get delivered a parcel in the, in the, like, at the door, they scan it and it makes a really satisfying beep noise? Right. <laughs> like, beep, beep. Um, 
there's an app that you can scan your cards on your phone and then it puts it into your your database and you can be like, this is a deck and you scan through it. But every time you scan the card, it makes a really satisfying noise. Oh, so nice. I literally, I've literally gone through thousands upon thousands of cards. It's like, <laughs> yeah, beep, 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 beep. Give me that satisfaction. Yeah. One of the most What's satisfying it? things I found about Magic the Gathering was not the playing itself or the theory crafting, because I didn't have the brain for it, but mm. the opening of packs. Yeah, and I will sit there on YouTube watching people open Pokemon this packs. This is a big thing. It's a big packs, thing. Whatever. I, I don't play these games. I have no idea the rules <laughs> so balls of Charizard the... and you're just sat there like yeah that was that's a good one I don't yeah. know much but I know that's a good one shiny it's Charizard shiny... reverse hollow Charizard he's just pulled whoa I know that's worth I'm a like, lot I know one of those words he just <laughs> said but by judging by his reaction that was good so I'm happy too you know yeah, yeah. funny stuff anyway it's like dopamine by proxy that's an interesting <clears throat> phenomenon yeah it is it's, it's I guess better that for is entertainment wallet. in a way. It is, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we'll we'll circle back to this, shall yeah, we? The, 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 um, the addicting nature of it. Yeah. Because you must get a dopamine hit for watching people do things online. There's a reason why soap TV must be addictive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's like whole people that make like thousands of pounds of it. I know. Oh, what is his name? works quite closely with the sidemen and i've forgotten his name but he does like lots of opening but then he he has his own store where he sells the cards that he pulls for an extra uh, bit yeah. of it. um also like nogla if you know who yeah like the vanna squad um he does the same thing as well oh okay because he like bends and someone opens them and like cuts them in half he cut in half a uh, child's art the other day which is random pack and you got like donated like two hundred dollars in the in the chat to cut the pack in half and it was like one of the old ones and he did and then found out there was a charles out at the back. That's tragic. It is tragic. It is tragic. Again, I don't know much, but that sounds <laughs> tragic. Okay. Um. Well, before we get into the main body, uh are we gonna do news. Oh, is yeah. one of us gonna do news? Are we both gonna do I've, news? I've got... We got some feedback about this. Oh, we did, didn't we? <laughs> we I did. completely forgot about that. Oh, dear. Okay, well, how about... Uh, we... we either have to be quick about it, <laughs> or one of us has to do it. Okay, well, we can... You go... I got a one... I got two pieces of news. One's very quick, and the other's a bit longer. And then okay. so... I'll be very quick. About let's, let's see. Okay, so first piece of news, Barrier Reef. Parts of the Barrier Reef are showing the highest amount of coral cover in over 36 years, That's which good. is a really great sign. Obviously, it's not the whole reef, um, and these, because their new corals are still, you know, let's say risky, they're mm-hmm. not settled, um, but it's a good sign. Yeah. Boom. Done. Oh, is that, is that you being like, wah-pow-pow? That's me being wah-pow-pow. Uh, okay. That's my first piece of news, at least, yeah. Okay, mine was, uh, my, my news is scientists have turned dead spiders into robots. Have you, have oh, you seen the video? I have not. Do I want to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So scientists, uh, they've literally reanimated dead spiders to do their bidding to act as a, like, grappling hook. So if you watch it, they, like, they bring it down over an item, activate it, and it grabs it, and then it pull, picks it up. And it can pick up, like, really strong, uh, heavy items, because it's like the especially 
the evolution of this spider's like legs to be able to grip onto things they're utilizing that to pick things up uh in a new field dubbed necrobotics <laughs> which i don't want anything else to come out of this field that's terrifying uh, researchers they converted the corpse of a wolf spider into grippers that can manipulate objects I'm just thinking yeah. the claw. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially the claw. So they, they push liquids in and out of the cadaver, uh, which makes its legs like clench open and shut. Yeah. Uh, essentially, that's that's it. That's a simple. That's that's what they've they've done. Um, well, if anyone had necromancy on the <laughs> 2022 bingo card, then check, check that off. Yeah, yeah. that's terrifying. But the one of the scientists on it said they, they, they wonder whether it's okay to play Frankenstein even with the spiders uh, because apparently no one really talks about the ethics when it comes to this sort of research. Uh, that's what she said. Um, yeah. So scientists need to figure out the, the morality of this because it's, it's just it's, it is bioengineering is what it's defined as. Yeah. Um, but they need to, yeah, they need to figure out the morality of it before they get too good at it. Um. Well, the good thing is, is this is just like liquid in and out, right? Yeah. But still. Oh, yeah, uh, for for sure. The question he says is, how far do you go? That's that's the... I think once you've reanimated dead spiders, that's when you stop. You're like, okay, this is scary now. Yeah. Is it reanimated? Well, I guess it's moving. So, yeah, okay. I, I don't think... It is, because it's not moving of its own accord, right? They are literally pumping stuff into it to make it move. Yeah, but like zombies and stuff, like they're not moving on their accord. Depends on how they're made. If it's magic zombies, then they're reanimated. I think most, or even if it's a virus, right, they are moving individually. Yeah. Oh, that's true, because it's the like puppeteering. The virus is embedded it's, it's, itself. Yeah, yeah. it's puppeteering. Whereas I imagine um, these spiders are on the end of a stick or something. Restore to life or consciousness is the, the official. Yeah. So I don't think it can be timed as. I wouldn't say it's reanimated. No. To I bring wouldn't. something back to life, come back to life, to, to regain vitality or restore vigor and zest too. So I don't think reanimation works. Yeah, like these aren't some. Well, you could say they're zesty. <laughs> zesty, <laughs> zesty spiders. spiders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my second piece of news. Uh, I feel like I have to sneak it in now because it's not too different from the same vein. And the ethics, again, possibly more so worrying here. Uh, Anyway, let me just go through it and then let's hope there's no zombies at the end. So the headline of this was experiment restores cell and organ functions to dead pigs hours after they died. Sorry, run run, run, run the back. An experiment has restored cell and organ functions to dead pigs hours after they died. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, so 2022 is really the bingo for reanimated dead uh, animals. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad. Yeah. This is done obviously with the mo, the objective of helping human organ transplant. This is how we started and this is where we've ended up. So I'll just take you down the road a little bit. Um, when we take organs out of the body, unless they are, mm-hmm. you know, or when someone dies, unfortunately, the organs need to be extracted very quickly. Otherwise, the cells and the organs start to break down. Currently, what they do 
is they hook it up to a machine called an extracorporeal membrane oxygenation oxygenation system. Got there in the end. That basically pumps oxygen in and takes carbon dioxide out. Right. Um, However, to try and improve this, that still has to be done very rapidly to prevent damage and has to be done throughout the whole transport system. And obviously that can be a bit thickly, but that's what they do at the minute. Mm -hmm. Now, they wanted to try and make the system better. So researchers adapted an existing technology called Brain X into Organ X. It's a machine and it's a fluid. The machine is connected to the circulatory system of not just the organs, but the entire pig. It creates a pulse similar to heartbeat and oxygenates the blood similar to the previous. But where it stands apart is in the way it adds drugs to aid circulation and prevent clotting. It pumps synthetic fluid mixed with animals' own blood at a one-to-one ratio through the dead animal's whole body. This fluid, unlike blood, is not made up of cells, but it is designed to protect the cells from harm and carry oxygen and drugs throughout the body. And this new method preserves the integrity of the tissue, reduces cell death, and can revive certain molecular and cellular processes across vital organs like the heart, brain, liver, kidneys, and can be done longer after death than the current method. And in all ways that is analysed, it outperformed the current method. So let's just hope it doesn't get too good. And as you say, then we will get to reanimation. Yeah, but for like, for humans and donating organs and stuff, would that be better? Would this be better? Yeah. Yes. So, I... See... Should should we? Could we? Should we? Could we? I I think basically I think it's if- just it's just like okay we need these person's organs to save someone else and doing it in this new method is much better for the organs and increases like the chance of success of the transplant. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So yeah, there's a bit in um cyberpunk, isn't there, where this person's kept alive by that kind of system. Yeah, yeah, there is. And the, the the trauma unit comes and blows the door in and thinks you're you're one of the people. Yeah, so mm, interesting. You know, Fun it, stuff. It poses an interesting question. It does. I think we'll have to do an episode on ethics at some point. <laughs> Morality or science? Yeah. Because if if you did, if that happened to a human, would there be any like firing in the brain? Like, I guess that has to study. So all of these pigs died. Uh, after suffering cardiac arrest. Yes, they had heart attacks. They had yeah. heart attacks. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if that was induced. Probably. It wasn't, it wasn't written, but probably. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't say, I, and I don't I imagine that they've tested the actual neuron firing. Yeah. Because you would be able to see that in pigs as well. Yeah. So I imagine if they've got the ethical approval to do this with uh, pigs then they would also have the ethical approval just to do it the same thing and also look at the, the neurons as well and see if mm-hmm. they fire. Because mm-hmm. then we enter the American debate of life. <laughs> Apart from this time, we're at the other end, not when it starts. When does it end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's nice. And that's the whole box of tissues you don't want to be opening. Yep. 
But good for Kansas. Yay! Well done, Kansas. Oh, yeah. You're not completely well in our city brain dead. Right. So, moving on. <laughs> Speaking of <brain> dead. <laughs> Reviving this and reanimating this into an addiction episode. Hey. Um, Look, 20 minutes, we finished our news. Yeah, um, that's five minutes. Probably over that's five minutes better. Look, if we keep improving each week, okay, yes. we'll, uh-huh. we'll have it down to two minutes soon. Okay, yeah. Um, right. So, you got any news? Uh, not any news, apologies. Any factoids? Any facts? Yeah. Interesting little um, tidbits? So, about 21 million Americans have at least one addiction, uh, but only 10% of them receive treatment. Yes. And I think we have this massive stigma around even the term addiction, and I'll speak about this a bit later. But obviously from the media, the war on drugs, and that failure, and all of this kind of stuff, as soon as you hear someone like addiction, you're like, oh, that person... Uh, doesn't have a moral compass or has no mm-hmm. inner strength, that kind of stuff, which is just completely bullshit. Um, so my other fact was other things we can be addicted to, like smartphones, caffeine, yeah. chocolate, shopping, Oof, gambling, chocolate. plastic surgery is one that people get addicted to, tanning, exercise, social media, sex, work, gaming, you know, as we already mentioned, like... There are so many things that are just in your hand, i.e. your phone, your laptop, that you can be addicted to or could be addicted to without actually realizing. So there's this massive stigma behind it, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone, everyone was addicted to something at some point in their lives. Yes. Energy drinks, Tom. Energy drinks. Yes. (laughs) Are you pointing the finger at me there? What? No. A generation is what I'm I'm pointing a finger at a generation of uh adolescence in the 2010s i want to say oh yeah Yeah. 100 yeah two monsters a day easy peasy easy peasy um three on a bad day uh yeah Yeah. and if you just weren't feeling yourself pop a can yeah if you really wanted to feel your eyeballs vibrate inside your skull pop that fourth one um i'm glad they've got an age limit on it now um i think that's probably a great step in the right direction yeah it's 16 is it yeah 16 in the uk i have been id'd for an energy drink and i'm not sure if it's because i was like facing the other way because there was like it was was, the cashier back no no, no. (laughs) it was a self-service and they're like Uh, oh it's the id and i was like facing the other way it was wearing hoodie shorts my usual get up and it was like oh can i see some id and i was like I think I, I turned around and the look on his face was like, oh, <laughs> I definitely don't need to ID now, but I've already asked him, so I'm going to yeah, have to continue. can't go back on it now. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah. Might make your day, that. <laughs> Obviously, it had an impact on you. Uh, yeah. So, you know, here's what it is. Indeed. Uh, what about you? Any any facts to enlighten yeah, us? Yeah, I've got, I got some... Uh, it's, it's thought there's about 300 million people throughout the world who have an alcohol, alcohol use disorder. Yeah, that's not surprising. Is it? It's like eight, eight. Is it eight billion now or seven billion? That's nearly uh, one eighteenth or one sixteenth of the whole world. See, current has, world population. It's decreasing, I heard. Seven point seven five three billion. Certainly not decreasing. I thought it was decreasing. 
No. I thought, okay, to get this right, in the Western world, it's decreasing. Okay. I mean, we've got a we've got a whole interview with someone. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I was yeah. talking about this. And a quite radical book that got lambasted because of this. Um good science, bad attributing. Like it's such a shame. Uh the idea is the, the reproductive rate is less than two now in the, in yeah, the Western but world. I don't know if the Western world counteracts the non-Western world. I'm trying yeah, to that's what yeah. I mean. I, that's why I specified Western world instead of the whole world. Oh, okay. After you said that, because well, I was like, yeah, there's certain, there's certain areas, countries that population is still booming. But I think for the Western world, especially UK, that like Europe, I think I do believe it's we're on a decline because people aren't having babies. And who would? All right, this kind 1. of world. One point one percent per year. The group is uh, eighty-three million people annually. Apparently, what the global population has grown from one billion to eighteen in eighteen hundred to seven point nine billion in twenty twenty. Okay, so currently Japan is one point three, UK is one point six five, uh, and the US is one point seven. This is uh, births per woman. And that means that those numbers will decrease over time because sure. you need at least two for the population to increase in the, specifically those areas. So, yeah, not the entire world, but there's certain places that it's definitely... We've got a yeah. negative growth rate, uh, especially in the UK. It's, it's only just 0.4%. Okay. Yeah. So, you know. but yeah, I think in general, it's going. I'm looking at a world population yeah. counter in real time. Don't know how that works. Um, <laughs> There's a very good lot of technology it's only in lot going of up. hospitals. It's not going down. It's only going up. Yeah, this is this is interesting though because I'm looking at like UN projections over the next few years. We're currently at 11 uh, births per thousand people. Because that's what they do it by per thousand, not per oh, okay. or anything like that. So, um, but it, it has it going down to nine births per thousand people, which seems very small. Okay. Very, very small amount. But yeah, you've got like, so 2022 birth rates, Israel was huge, Panama was huge, Oman, Argentina, Guam, Saudi Arabia, Seychelles, French Polynesia. Bahamas, Uruguay, Bahrain, but then like right at the bottom, you've got like Japan, Greece, Italy, Taiwan, Singapore. We're kind of in the middle in the UK, but yeah. General decrease. Interessant. Anyway, how does this relate to addiction? Oh, alcohol. Yeah, so like 300 million people throughout the world. Yeah. And it costs the... So alcohol and drug addiction costs the US economy... 600 billion every year whether that's related to crimes like this it takes everything into account um so yeah just a little bit just a little bit yeah just a little bit so uh (laughs) this is quite an old survey so don't take this take this a pinch of salt a 2012 national survey on drug use and health found that 8.4 million american adults or approximately 41% of the population had some kind of substance abuse disorder um, and had mental health conditions alongside that drug abuse. 
41% of the population. Yeah. But that could be anything like, are they defining caffeine in that? Because there's like a caffeine addiction. Then you've got like alcohol, m- marijuana, the harder drugs. Yeah, but it's the fact that it also said some kind of mental... Oh, yeah, to go along with it. Yeah, which is a bit... Makes you think it's a bit more than that. Yeah. Because a lot of it is 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 that, isn't it? That's kind of like the, the psychological side of addiction. Yeah. But that specifically psychological addiction is when you've got that um, emotionally tied drug-based desire for it that normally is coupled with something else yeah for sure mm-hmm. uh any more facts no that's that's it for my facts all right uh i'd like to go over quickly as i alluded to a minute ago uh what i think a lot of people's perception is of addiction mm. and how maybe that's changed a little bit yeah so addiction, as defined by the NHS, is not having control over doing, taking, or using something to the point where it could be harmful to you. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if I did a teaspoon of cocaine compared to a teaspoon of sugar, you know, dosage is important as to where the harm comes in, right? Um, but I think it's fair to say, and that was just a side shoot. Sorry, my brain's on one today. Uh, <laughs> I think it's fair to say that the, the media, the war on drugs, that kind of thing has this incredibly negative connotation. Like, oh, that person has a problem rather than, oh, that yeah. person needs help. And so I think a lot of people's current perception, and this is changing more and more people are coming around to the idea of uh, these people are, need help rather than they have an issue. But yeah. like, let's say I went off and used heroin three times a day. For 20 days. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, they're chemically hooked to heroin. Like your body cannot survive without it. You, you are dependent on that drug, even though it's mm-hmm. going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for sure, if you went cold turkey, you know, that would, it, that would, you, you would have withdrawals and it is actually safer not, not to go cold turkey. But at the same time, people go to hospital and are given diamorphine three times a day for 20 days, you know, which is just medically pure heroin. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and these people don't suddenly come out addicted. Well, you say that though. Not, but there's, yeah, there's, there's a, a general big, There's a big issue with um, so opioid-based drugs yeah, in but America that's, that's, and addiction. You know, that's been given opioid-based painkillers yeah. and prescri- prescribed them. Um but yes, that is a massive issue and, mm. and is a thing. And that's obviously a lot harder to control because you're not in a hospital with an IV tube and they're measuring how much heroin they're giving you and checking you up. It's just, right, here's a box of opioids. Don't have yeah. them all at once. Yeah, it seems a bit sad. Uh, you know what's it, good instead? Medical marijuana. Marijuana. Yeah, you just, you know, tax it a little bit. It's all good. Yeah, come on. Come on, sort UK. You know, we're struggling with like recessions. And yeah, just help people out. Come on, just tax you know, our drugs. Just yeah, sell drugs and tax it. <laughs> it's not hard. Win the war on drugs oh, this don't. way. Yeah. Do, this, this is how you're gonna way. win. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this idea uh, of 
this kind of say misconception, I would say, came from a very influential set of experiments done in the 60s. And I know we've spoken about it before, um, that used a Skinner box. It was done by, well, I can't remember his first name, Skinner, very famous exp- uh, scientist who did conditioning. Mm-hmm. And basically, he would place a rat inside of a box. And then there would be wa- normal water or water laced with heroin there. And without exception, the rats drank the heroin to an early oh, grave. Oh, I do remember you speaking about this. Is, uh, sorry, not to, <laughs> to dip in. Is it like a boredom thing that they drank it? I can't remember what it was. Yeah. So in the 70s then, Professor Bruce Alexander was like, well, I mean, you're sticking a rat, which is a social creature, inside a box by itself, and you're giving them, you're giving them water to drink, or heroin laced water to drink. I mean, if you I were think stuck it's in a box <laughs> for 20 yeah. days and nothing else to do, would you want the heroin water? <laughs> would you exactly. want the water? Um, yeah. So he was like, okay, I'm going to make a place called Rat Park. And he got a massive box, basically the size of like a small building, really. And he put the same two bottles of water, the normal water and the heroin water. And, but instead of them, the bats being alone, it was a whole community of rats. There was toys for them to play with. And there was like mazes, you know, there was yeah, stuff for them to do that was stimulating for them. And okay, some of them still took the heroin laced water every now and then, but you went from like a hundred percent overdose nearly to a zero percent overdose rate in this yeah. new place where the rats were actually stimulated. So then, okay, do you get our humans different? I mean, we're, we're much bigger, obviously, but we're still mammals. Yeah, yeah. And actually, a very similar experiment was done to this, inadvertently, called the Vietnam War. Oh, Christ. Where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 20% of US troops were slamming heroin. Just, you know, no stopping them, no holding them back. Now, obviously, the government was very worried they were going to come back a dick, addicts, <laughs> a dick. Uh, they're gonna come back addicted, is what I meant to say. And so, several studies followed many, many soldiers home. Ninety-five percent of the soldiers that came back stopped with no withdrawal or anything. Oh, that's interesting. So, again, the environment in this sense is very important. I'm sure we'll, we'll come back onto that later. So mm. I think that the new perception now is that, okay, you can have chemical, physical hooks, let's say, but the psychology uh, is maybe more important or at least a massive factor that we weren't considering before. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. Damn. So those cocaine mice. The cocaine heroin mice. Yeah. Sorry, heroin mice. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 Taking one for the team. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's any like COVID isolation Ethics. sort of uh, correlation that can be done with that. How many people were taking drugs? Well, no, you know, the drug dealers can't go outside. So, you know, <sighs> sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have heard some very ingenious workarounds. Uh about (laughs) those systems (laughs) and how certain people maintain their operation through a pandemic. Uh, Ingenious people. Entrepreneurs. Yeah. Did they sell like baked goods under the guise? 
some baked goods, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely sold. I think takeaway was one of the easy, just like, like, oh yeah, you work for a takeaway. People are still ordering food. You can't eat in person, but you can deliver it. Yeah, yeah. Perfect setup. Mm. Perfect setup. Yeah. Yeah. Dear me. Not in Italy, though. It's legal just to have your own. Yeah, you said about that. I thought it was quite interesting. You're allowed one potted plant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> four, actually. Four oh, per person, four. I think. Four per person. Well, yeah. A household. Is there like a, a, a lower bound? Because if you had kids, you could just be like, right, time to get the extra four on the go. I, I feel like the, the people have to be of age. Ah, okay. That mm. would make sense. Um, but yeah, it's not too uncommon to find people just with plants on their mm. balconies mm. here. Yeah. Depends which part of Italy you're in. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. What have you got? To tell us about uh, well, I could go on to gaming addiction, like some of the physiological sides of addiction. Um, a bit about the, the dent in the top of your head from the, the head. Neuro- oh, okay, <laughs> you calling me dented? That's not very nice. Oh no, I wasn't saying you. That was a, that was a a you to everyone. I oh, know I do. I do have a dent. <laughs> oh, I think I think I do as well. <laughs> yeah, not quite like Tim the Tap Man. Like it's not like a, I can't collect water in there yet, but it's getting there. Um, I, I just move it around every day. <laughs> Spread the load. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, in the normal communication process of um, dopamine being released to uh, by neurons into synapses, because that's essentially what uh, causes the the high which people get addicted to is the release of dopamine. Yes, and other endorphins as well. It's not just like dopamine. It's like adrenaline is also addictive. Um, it is. That's trying to think it of is, yeah. All the, but this, for this, a different this, reason. Like in terms yeah. of like adrenaline is addictive itself, right? Yeah. But the th- neurological transmitter that causes addiction is dopamine. Okay, I see what you mean. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, can be yeah. addicted to adrenaline, like adrenaline junkies, right? That's yeah. why that's that phrase. But yeah. dopamine is kind of the main reason why. Okay, feedback loop. But I'll come on to that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting one about the old adrenaline junkies because that's a. Uh, do you know if you've got high water mark on something and in a pipe and you keep raising the level and the mark keeps getting higher? That's the same thing that happens with adrenaline. Um that if you like say you got a base jumper and you do a certain height and it gives you a set amount of adrenaline the next time you do the same height it will cause the same amount but because you're accustomed to it it won't cause that same like high buzz yeah and that's why people tolerant. get yeah that's yeah the tolerance to it and that's why people get lower 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 is because they're trying to ride that same high as they did the first time which is very much like heroin um that was quite interesting yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. The same. So the physiological side of it, so the normal communication process, communication process, dopamine is released by a neuron into the synapse. So the, the small, that's the small gaps between two neurons. We talked about this before about um, being being blocked, and that's how like paralyzing and venom works, um, where it binds two specialized proteins called dopamine receptors on the, the neighboring neurons, um, and this just acts as a, a chemical messenger carrying signal. From neuron to neuron, all the way up, uh, from synapse, synapse, synapse into your brain, and that's where people are like, oh, "I love that feeling. It's so good." Yeah, um, 
you want to segue into the more detailed side of it? Uh, I don't want to steal your phone. I, I just spoke for a while. Okay. On, uh, well, <laughs> so people may be tired of okay. my voice by now, you know? Okay, well, I'll, I'll waffle on about gaming addiction because I love talking about gaming addiction. Yeah. Um, so the World Health Organization recognizing it as a gaming disorder uh, in their international class classification of diseases, if you didn't know. Oh, so I'm diseased. Yeah, yeah classification of diseases. It's the ICD-11 uh is there is the actual classification it is described as a pattern of persistent and reoccurring gaming behavior which may be online or offline manifest by impaired control over gaming increased priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over the life's interest and daily activities and continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences that is the full description. And I can say that there have been times where that has been the case for me. 100%. And I'm trying to evaluate whether that's the case for me right now. <laughs> uh, no, I'm on holiday, I like, so I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, there was definitely times during, I think it was like, end of GCSEs, where oh, yeah. that was, it was definitely the case. Like, I would be playing like Modern Warfare and I just wouldn't do any like homework or coursework or anything like that. And I would just sit, get home at like four, play till six, eat dinner after dinner, get his chair back on and just keep going and rinse and repeat all week. And then the weekend as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's officially a gaming disorder and a classification classification of diseases. Um, huh. Yeah. But, so, and, and this is the question I have here. Right. And sorry to interrupt. Go for me. The description was that it negatively impacts. Uh, I guess you, were, you weren't doing work. But I'm thinking mm-hmm. from a social perspective. Yeah, so th- that's where it gets a bit blurry. And I, I know there's a bunch of people out there being like, yeah, but gaming online is not a good... And like talking online with your friends... Is, isn't a good replication of socializing in person. And there's, there's at the moment, I'm like, that's lies. Uh, because <laughs> there's a lot of like, you know, we know a lot of people online, a lot of different people in different circles online, and it is still very social. But yeah, I think the negative yeah. consequences, it means it's like to one's health, to work, to like daily, day-to-day life stuff. Yeah, there was a paper that came out Oh, I, I should have done it for news, but I completely forgot. Anyway, it was last week. A paper came out studying 100,000 people playing games and its effect on their health and intelligence. And it found that people who played games, obviously not for an incredibly excessive amount, were more intelligent. Hell yeah, brother. Um, I must be one of the smartest people alive. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I'll do is I'll find that and I'll do that for my news next week. Okay. Uh, so I'll make a note of that. Mm. Oh. So yeah, sorry, carry on. Carry on, yeah, okay, I'll carry on. So what a lot of people and a lot of younger people and what a lot of uh, parents with younger children fail to understand is that video games are intentionally designed using state-of-the-art behavioural psychology to keep you hooked and to keep you playing for as long as you can. And they are very complex systems that you can look at. Lots of patents in the gaming space 
for algorithms and AI that will watch your gaming behavior and then reorganize things to give you the highest amount of dopamine or dopamine, or if you're about to leave to keep you hooked. And that can be in such things as like, there's also something called skill-based matchmaking in competitive games where it will play you against, try to play you against so many much people. But what it can tell is like, if you're doing worse and worse and worse, uh, and it thinks that you're about to leave, it'll put you in a lobby with people that are very uh, under your level. So you play and have a really good game and then you'll play for longer. This also ties into um, in-game or in-app purchases or microtransactions, where they found that people that have better experiences and win more often are more likely to buy things in the in-game store. So it then feeds into that sphere um, and that business model and tries to get you to buy more things like loot crates and loot boxes, which a bunch of countries are now banned, uh, which I am all for because it's essentially just gambling and it just shouldn't be allowed, especially for people under the age of 18, which it is. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, it's going back to the, the, the pack opening. There's a lot of like children that watch like pack opening in games. Like FIFA is notoriously known for opening packs and getting footballers that you can then play with. And yeah. there's numerous, numerous stories of like parents having like thousands of pounds spent on their like cards because their kids just like gone through and just opened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds it's absolutely insane um so some like some of the horror stories of these patents like trying to get you to buy the most things and knowing how to like anchor you and if you don't buy one specific thing it then knows that you don't buy it so then like recalculates it so if you have an in-game story and if you're a gamer if there's an in-game store that you're looking at, just remember that the prices that you see in that store may not be the same for everybody else because they may be tailored specifically to you to try and get you to buy it. Pixels don't cost anything. They are just trying to frame it so you can buy it yourself. And that, this, that comes into... You've like, just completely changed my view of the Valorant store. <laughs> yeah, the Valorant store is very, very psychologically smart. Okay, so the, the Valorant store is there's normally one big bundle that costs between 50 to 70 pounds, egregious. And then there's four rotating on a daily that you have to get. And that plays into like Cialdini's, one of Cialdini's six principles is like the scarcity aspect of it is like, it's only there for the day. If you're going to buy it, you've got to buy it now. And there's never that many to choose from. So you don't know how, when it's next going to come around. Um it's, it's crazy how well that's designed from a money-making perspective. From a yeah. manipulation perspective, it's absolutely horrid and detestable. But yeah. like EA made something ridiculous, like billions of pounds from Call of Duty last year. Even um, there was the the latest scandal that's Activision, with Activision, right? Uh, yeah, EA and Activision is uh, the same company owned by Blizzard, isn't it? Is I can't it? remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure now. Well, it's now owned by Xbox, isn't it? There was a whole... Oh, right, yeah. A whole, a whole yeah. thing. Um, the whole the, thing, yeah. <laughs> the latest thing is uh, Diablo Immortal. And there were people who were trying to, like, all the endgame content, you had to spend, like, £50,000 to get the full set of the highest gear. But they made, like, 
billions and billions of pounds in the first month. And there is a little bit of backlash in the news. So why would they do any other business model? Why would they change that? It's like, oh, they get some negative press, but they've made billions, literal billions. And negative press, I don't it think there away. is such thing people for a just, business. People just forget and they don't like, care enough. It's all press is good press because it brings attention mm-hmm. if you can survive it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, that's mad. Yeah. That's madness. Uh, you could be addicted to games if you experience the following. I've got a list here for you, Tom. Oh. <laughs> you think about gaming all or a lot of the time. Am, am yeah. I confessing yeah, yeah. to these things? Yeah, or? this is this is you. You need to answer. Um, it depends. Is it a work day? Yeah, it's a work day. Then no. Okay. Interesting. Unless I'm not at work. Yeah. Does that make sense? But I yeah, do yeah. enjoy. Like I don't watch TV ever. I just watch YouTube and I watch people play games because I find. Oh, that sounds like it's in the realm of addiction. Okay, moving on. Because uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you feel bad when you can't play. No. Okay. I definitely have been through that. Yeah. I don't think that's the situation right now. That's good. That's good. It's positive. Uh, needing to spend more and more time playing to feel good. Now, mate, after three games of Valorant, I want to snap my keyboard in half. So I think. I do, but I carry on playing because I know I will have one good game. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that is. That definitely sounds copium. Um, not being able to quit. That's that. Or even say less. Okay, moving on. Not wanting to do other things that you used to like. Ooh. I want to. I just not cut my current situation. Yeah, you're a bit of like is uh, flying around, jetting around. So you don't have exactly. a base. Exactly. I yeah. I don't like half my stuff. I think I have about one third of my things with me. So there's just not a lot I can do. And when you're in a, a budget economy, yeah, uh, trying to save money, it kind of limits your options. I have a bike. Yeah, that's that's what I have right now at my disposal. And you've been biking, so that's good. Uh, yeah, lying to people close to you about how much time you spend playing. I mean, you see me on you see me on Discord, so you, you know how much <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very open and honest with Grace. <laughs> there was an opticians that opticians appointment I went to uh, recently. I was like, so how long in an average day do you spend looking at screens? I was like, well, I get up at seven, you know. Um, I then start work at nine, work till twelve. So that's what nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one. Have an hour break, two, three, four, five, six. That's like nine hours, 10 hours to seven. That's 10 hours. If I play games to 10, that's like 10, 11, 12. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, 15 hours. <laughs> 15 hours a day I spend looking at screens. Um, but yeah. But this last one is a bit of a contentious point, which I don't agree with. And I think that's okay. because I may be biased because I'm a gamer. But using gaming to ease bad moods and feelings. Now, I've done that by being like, I've had a really stressful day. I'll just go and play... Um, what is that villager game that I've, I've just forgotten the name of? Slime Rancher. Oh, yes. Well, Slime Rancher is a great one. But uh, no, uh, New Horizons. What the... It's got villagers. You know what? I I hate that I've forgotten that. <laughs> what it's called? I don't know. I have no idea what you're on about. Animal Crossing, my stupid brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Animal Crossing is designed so you can't play it quickly. I both hate and enjoy that that's a, that's, it's a thing. Um... But it like caps you at how much progress you can make in a day. So you have to like you stop playing after you've had a good bit, or you can just have really slow. You don't really make much progress, but you can still play. Um, like that, 
is pure just like it's happy music you just zone out it's a good time I, I i definitely don't think i don't agree with that last point yeah me neither i think you could do anything like to make yourself feel better like what if you're having a really bad day you're like ah oh, well at least when i get home i get to play with my mates yeah or i get to just you know not worry about things for a while Okay, yeah, it doesn't mean you're not going to come back to it later, but you can you can have an hour, <clears throat> sorry, or even yeah. a bit more just to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm relaxing. This is my time to relax. This is how I'm spending it. Like, you could do anything else in that time. It doesn't mean that you're addicted to, to gaming, I don't think. No. It's, uh, and it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I understand if it means, like, competitive gaming. <laughs> like, if it's, like, if that, if that's the caveat. But, because some people, but some people sort of thrive on that and actually really enjoy it, so... It's an interesting one. I don't agree with it. No, me neither. I'm with you on that. Hundred mm. percent. All right. Uh, one of the things I've got. Sorry, are you done? Have we got yes. more gaming to look at. I, I was just say the, the last point is there's a lot of uh, controversy around the diagnosis. Um, right. And that's whether the disorder is a separate clinical entity or, or a manifestation of underlying psychiatric psychiatric disorders oh so it's like a symptom rather than yeah, the disease it itself is, is the gaming addiction a symptom or is there something else going on um, yeah so and yeah. I think that's the thing with addiction uh, there's always something else yeah it's so hard to diagnose and treatments are not the same for everyone one of the things I found out when researching is something that I didn't really because we've we've spoken about this topic before and i don't know if it was a thing then so one of the most recent things science is doing in addiction is using brain imaging to see how the patterns of the brain are different in those people who are affected by addiction and those who not Mm -hmm. and one of the most interesting things is that addiction actually changes your brain structure and alters how it processes information so uh, i've written out here just quickly how the reward pathway works which is what you you spoke about very briefly Uh, so otherwise known as the mesolimbic pathway it's basically a pathway of neurons that connects clusters around the brain and its primary function is to reinforce sets of behaviors if you're looking at it evolutionarily it's like Mm -hmm. your brain outside of your conscious control is classically conditioning the meat suit it walks around in i.e your body um (laughs) and it's a really good way to make us remember things that kept us alive right now the reward pathway achieves this through dopamine as we said before and a small Mm -hmm. burst of dopamine is released along the pathway which causes us to feel a small jolt of satisfaction the pathway directly interacts with memory and movement areas so that when we do them again it's easier to do them again this is why uh, we think it was to do with survival mm-hmm. now dopamine is also released when good things happen like winning a game or money and also when you take alcohol and certain types of painkillers now these specifically will suppress certain areas of the brain and increase the amount of dopamine uh, released from the pathway which can lead to addiction itself Mm-hmm. But when an action or substance is abused, remember, addiction in this sense isn't just substance. It can be, like as we were saying, gaming. 
basically what happens is this. Your brain floods up with up to 10 times the amount of dopamine that you would get from a natural or normal reward, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say I managed to do something I've never done before. Oh, great. That's a bit of dopamine. Uh, but if I'm addicted to something and from that stimulus, I am processing 10 times the amount of dopamine that I normally would be. Now, this obviously feels amazing, which leads to people seeking out more of it. But the brain actually adapts to the chronically high levels of dopamine you get from constantly uh, having this amount in your brain. So what it does is it reduces the number of receptors that are present in the brain and inserts channels in the brain that remove dopamine from the path, the reward pathway circuit. Once your brain makes this change, your ability to feel pleasure is drastically reduced. And this is what becoming dopamine tolerant is that you mentioned earlier, mm. why the junkies have to do more and more Sorry, adrenaline junkies have to <laughs> do more and more each time. Both, to be honest. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Um, so this means now you're in a state where you need to have even more dopamine to reach the same high. And this helps, obviously, to explain some behaviors associated with people struggling with addiction. But after the brain changes, um, areas to do with memory, judgment, and decision-making... What happens is neurons are either added or taken away from these areas. At okay. this point, the effect is, so your brain is kind of working against you here. Your brain's like, okay, we want these things because we have, we need to have more dopamine. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take or add neurons into the memory, judgment and decision making areas because what will happen then is that the body will seek out these stimuli as a habit and I'm bypassing conscious thought. So your subconscious attempts to bypass your conscious thought so that you seek out these addictive stimuli. All right. Damn brain and that scary. is why addiction can be such a hard thing to combat and why it's different in pretty much everyone. Yeah. Which I didn't know before, which is madness. Absolutely crazy. Absolute madness, yeah. Uh, it's really cool, but it's really scary. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure it's something that, you know, you could work on. Maybe you could deprogram your brain in this sense. Um, but like with anything, you know, it's much yeah, easier it's, when it's, uh, you have resources and things like that. Yeah, just things away. Change things like the like depression. That literally changes changes your brain. Yeah, exactly. Makes things more dark. Madness. Yeah, really cool. I, I love the the biology side of things there. Yeah, it's all good. All good stuff. Yeah. So I know you, you said about this before about the whole um, social media addiction you mentioned at your yeah. fingertips. A while ago, to combat this, because like people got the negative uh, effects of Instagram on people's psyche, You're right? <laughs> and their yes. addiction to this, they removed the ability to see how many people liked your post. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think it's crazy that they had to take such drastic action. But, you know, if it's there, people are going to, like, not fantasize about it, but it's just hone in on it so aggressively and be like, I mean, my I self-worth is directly related. first came out and you'd post things or Snapchat, things like that, and even, oh, Yik Yak, was it? Where it's anonymous, oh, right? Oh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I remember that, universities. Yeah, so like you would post things, and you'd be like, "Oh, you know, X amount of people liked it. Oh, that's great." And then I need to post more. <laughs> yeah, so I could definitely see how that's a thing, especially for people uh, who were not that socially confident, mm-hmm. i.e., myself. Like, <laughs> I saw how that that could become addictive. I don't use social media much anymore, but I could definitely see how people get hooked on that. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely look at the numbers I know when I, I at uh, a time where I wasn't working I decided to try and make a <laughs> a gaming Instagram and I got like by the end of the I called it a project and it was more like an experiment about how to do it and what learning stuff and I got to like 500 followers in about a month but you, you, I would get I would get so obsessed with like how one posted and how all the metrics looked and like impressions and stuff and what I needed to change and just spend all day, every day looking at the numbers. Yeah. 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 So I can, I can fully understand it. A hundred percent. And I suppose like, especially now, like if you involved in the, the Twitch community at all, there's lots of people coming out about mental health breaks and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I can totally understand why those would be needed. I mean, every day you, you game, you're feeding that addiction. Then you're looking at numbers constantly. Why today was I doing better than yesterday or the other way around? Yeah. It's like sub decays come in. Why is there sub decay? <laughs> you know, all of these kind of very niche things, but would play on you a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Same with YouTube. Uh, all of those kind of things, really. Even uh, our own podcasts. Even uh, looking at those numbers. Yeah. I sit there um, at least four hours a day. Just refreshing the, the numbers page. tick up. Yeah. <laughs> tick up. Do they tick up? Oh yeah. Well they can't tick down, can they? Uh they can stay the same though, and that's equally sad. <laughs> no, well, as long as they're not going down. <laughs> oh dear me. Fun stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, we speaking are- about our socials. Uh, we had some people um, reach out to us this week on our socials and just want to have a shout out to say we appreciate the, the love and support. Uh, it means a lot to us. And it was a massive pick me up the day we uh, got notified. So thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. If anybody else uh, wants to chime in and people yeah. to feed some dopamine to us over yeah feed here. some dopamine or even some Feel feedback. Free. We take, we definitely take critical feedback wonderfully definitely something that i respond yes. well to <laughs> yes no, no, we, we take we, it well we no. do and if you want something that you want us to discuss or go through or there's a really complex uh topic that you want two geezers to try and mumble their way through and have an understanding and get confused ourselves and then get to an end uh feel free to send us a message or leave a comment on one of our social media posts because we, we take all those on board yeah so. and if you're shy DM us, you know? That's fine as well. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, 
no we, yeah we really do appreciate people reaching out it means the world to us so yeah yeah if you feel like it come and say hello we don't bite yeah no i don't look at my personal one <laughs> for, for a lot so if you do message <laughs> me on there it'll be probably a couple of months between <laughs> i see it um uh, We've the, got the the podcast one though, which I do. get a notification through. So we do get notifications. Yeah, I'll I'll be there waiting for you specifically. <laughs> you listening right now? <laughs> uh, a little bit weird. A little bit weird. Yeah, that is weird. Let's cut that off before yeah. it goes any further. Right. <laughs> Thanks for joining. I guess that will bring us to a wrap. Yeah. On what was there or thereabouts addiction? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Serious note, do let us know if there's anything you want us to cover in the future because we are open to suggestions. Let's just try and keep it science-y, let's say. Yeah, uh, and if you believe that you suffer from some sort of addiction and need to seek help, uh, if you type addiction of any kind into Google, it will give you the closest it can find to a local help if you've got your location service turned on. And if not, it will then give you a generic charity that you can reach out to that will help with addiction. Yeah, hundred percent. It's always it's it's such a hard thing. I mean, it literally changes your brain. It's such a hard thing to fight alone. So if you've got even someone to speak to, it was like that MMA boxer said the other day. Oh, uh, Paddy, it was a Paddy. Yeah, he was like, Paddy. I'd rather see my mate cry than go to his funeral next week. You know? Yeah. Not that it's that bad for everyone, of course, but like. So the people who you know would much rather speak to you than see you in a desperate situation. So to give some context for that, Paddy is an upcoming uh, MMA fighter who a few hours before his big next fight found out that one of his friends had committed suicide um, and didn't say anything until afterwards when he then said about men's mental health and just said, as Tom said, the, the tagline... I'd rather you feel embarrassed and cry to me than me having to cry at your funeral a week later. Yeah. Um, so good for him. It's a very, even in that sphere of, uh, there's a lot of toxic masculinity in like fighting rings in the octagon. And that's oh, 100%. Sort of, so to see uh, someone from that space pushing that, um, it was good to see. So. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it's very important. It really mm-hmm. is important. So whatever you're feeling, there's people out there who will listen so yeah yeah always. please explore your options mm-hmm. but that will bring us to the end of today's show i hope we've made some sense i know we've been jumping about a little <laughs> bit uh if you want to find more information fun and science you can find us on twitter at info entropy pod instagram information entropy pod spotify itunes wherever you're listening to this right now don't forget to give us a like a rating share it around so more people can laugh at us uh with and our gaming addiction <laughs> <laughs> yeah anything else just to shout out quickly there mate no no awesome source so we have been the information entropy podcast hopefully decreasing some of the entropy of information in your lives and we'll catch you guys next week peace peace up peace